Today on the podcast, I'm joined by my good friend Sam Seavey from YouTube to talk about mobile apps for the visually impaired person. And that's coming up on episode 22 of Life After Sight Loss Radio. Welcome to Life After Sight Loss Radio, the podcast helping you discover life after sight loss. My name is Derek Daniel. I am your host and resident VIP, aka visually impaired person. If you're new to the program, hey, welcome aboard. So glad that you are here. This is the place where we do product reviews, life advice, encouragement, how-tos, and so much more, all with the express purpose of helping individuals and families who are facing or going through physical sight loss. Hey there, guys. Welcome back to episode number 22 of the podcast. So glad that you decided to tune in and check it out. We're going to have a good time today because I'm joined by my good friend, Sam Seavey, on this episode. Sam is our returning guest, our first ever returning guest, as I make mention when we talk a little bit later here on the show. And it's a good time because he is so tech savvy on certain things. And we're talking about mobile apps. Now, on this list of mobile apps, I'm going to give you not only specific VIP apps like uh, Seeing AI and things like that, but we're going to talk about some general apps that actually work really well with voiceover and are pretty accessible. So you got to stick around. It's a little bit longer than normal. The last couple of podcast episodes have been a little longer, but uh, that's all right. Lots of good information for you. So make sure you stick around all the way to the end so that you can get all the great information. As always, you can find today's show notes over at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 022. That's lifeaftersightloss.com slash 022. Now, it's really important for you to go to the show notes this week because I'm going to link every single app that we mention, both on iOS and on Google Play. And if there's not an equivalent on one or the other, I link something else for you, if there is something else, which there's not always, but I'll do my best. I've linked it all over there, so you can go over there, check it out. If you have an Apple, if you have if you have an Apple, if you have an orange, if you have a banana... <laughs> <laughs> if you have an iPhone, if you have a uh, an Android phone, you can check that out. Uh, links, as always, over there in the show notes, as well as links to Sam's channel and the playlist that he mentions within this uh, episode that we do. So, links, as always, in the show notes, lifeaftersightloss.com slash 022. So, before I mention any more fruit, let's go ahead and jump into it. My conversation with my good buddy Sam Seavey talking about mobile apps. Joining me again for a second time around, uh, my first repeat guest, it is my good friend from YouTube, <laughs> Sam Seavey. Hey, Sam, how you doing today? Hey, Derek, I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me back again. I, I must not have been too bad the first time. Well, you you were just, just good enough. To- just barely. <laughs> Uh, just good enough to have you back. Well, I'm excited because today we're going to talk about some apps for mobile devices. Now, just as a precursor to this, Sam and I have unique perspectives. I am a completely iOS user, and so I have all Apple products. And Sam, while he has an iPad, he uses an <clears throat> Android phone as his daily driver. So we're going to give you a perspective from both Android and iOS. Unfortunately, we won't be covering any Thing from like Kindle, Amazon, anything like that. But this is for mobile devices, things you take with you everywhere and you have with you pretty consistently because in today's world, we have our phones with us 
constantly. So we're going to give you some apps that are helpful. Uh, the list we have, we're going to give you some that are uh, visually impaired specific. We'll give you some general ones, and then we'll kind of talk about how maybe iOS and Android, the apps that are a little different. So uh, I'm excited about it. So Sam, let's go ahead and jump into the uh, first category we're going to talk about today, and that is the ones for specific visually impaired people. And these might be magnifiers, uh, screen readers, things of that nature. So I'm just going to read through them, and we'll kind of talk about them. Now, we're not going to go into deep description of everyone, or else we'd be here for six hours. Uh, we're just going to do a little bit of like, hey, here it is. And then I'll put links in the description in the show notes, which probably will take me an hour and a half to link all these things. But I'll put links over there in the show notes. So let's jump into the first one. And the first one I have is called Apolyvision. Now it's A-I-P-O-L-Y. And basically, this is one of those things that will take a picture of something and help uh, maybe describe the room. And you'll find on this list that there are a lot of these types of things. So again, we're not going to spend a ton of time on them. Now, the second one is called Braille Tutor. Now, Sam, let me ask you, you personally, you've been visually impaired longer than me. Uh, do you mm-hmm. read Braille? And what, what's your opinions about that? Opening the can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I've no, I've never I don't read Braille. Um, I haven't uh, lost enough vision to warrant uh, learning it. And my visual impairment, I'll never lose uh, all of my vision, all my sight. So I'll never, in my opinion, never need it. Um, I absolutely recommend people People learn it, though, if they find that that's something that they're going to need to learn um, or need to use at some point in their life. And uh, a mobile app would be a a great way to do that, to to learn. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really interesting app. Obviously, there's no tactile, you know, on the touchscreen, but it does have pretty big symbols. And it's the unified English Braille, which is sort of what everybody uses now. And it's got the big, like, here's where the dots would be. and, And it gives you, like, the letter over it. And I think there's way, maybe, like, games or something to help you learn it. So, it's an interesting way. It's called Braille Tutor, so you can check that out. Links, of course, in the show notes. Uh, hey, Derek. Yeah, go ahead. Do you mind if I ask, uh, do you know if you can connect a refreshable Braille display to your phone and oh, then that, use that Excellent, with Sam. It? You're so smart. Uh, this, is why you're, <laughs> this is why you're on here. Um, yeah, you can connect a, a refreshable Braille display to an iPhone, iPad, whatever the case may be. I'm not sure on Android, I would assume the same, but yeah. uh, on the iPhone and iPad, you can connect that uh, refreshable, which means it's constantly, like if there's... If it's speaking to you, it's going to consistently refresh, and that would be a great way to learn it also. So, yeah, definitely. Wow, you learn things on the podcast, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) Not just the listeners learning. Um, I'm going to edit this out and make it sound like I actually knew what I was talking about. (laughs) Okay, feel free. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, Braille Tutor. The next one is called Color Inspector, and I think this is the one, it's pretty self-explanatory. It helps you uh, figure out what color certain things are clothing. Um, that's pretty much the common one, I think. You know, is, is this blue shirt going to match these pants or whatever the case is? Um, do you use anything like that, Sam? Or is your vision still good enough to kind of pick out you know, colors? It's still good enough to pick out colors. They're not as vibrant as they used to be for me. Um, I will say I, I wish I had I wish we had done this podcast yesterday because I actually had <laughs> one of my consumers at work ask about color identifiers on iOS 
and I wasn't familiar with this app. Um, so I'm going to have to, when I get back to work on Monday, I'll have to give her a call and let her know. Yes, Color Inspector. I'll send you a link, and uh, there'll be, again, links in the show notes for all this. Excellent. And uh, I'm not sure if it's both Android or iOS or not. I think it's iOS, if I'm uh, not mistaken. So I'm sure there's probably an Android equivalent of uh, yeah. if there is something like that. But, yeah, I think it's iOS. But, again, it's pretty simple. It does the color inspecting, and I think it might do barcode reading. But, again, some of these apps, as you'll find, they want to do 50 things. And it's like, you know, if you did one thing really, really well, that would be, you know, <laughs> Do that instead of right. trying to do 50 things poorly. Um, that's just my opinion, but, you know, that, that's how it goes. Uh, the next one, of course, is one you're very familiar with, the KNFB Reader. Um, I've never used this app, so why don't you give us kind of a brief description of, of what it is? This is by far my favorite app in the world for uh, the visually impaired, and it basically will take a picture of any printed text and then very quickly read it back to you. Um, and then you, it works really, really well with voiceover and on Android with TalkBack. Uh, it is available for both. I believe it's even available for Windows phones mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it's very reliable, very fast to come back with the reading. You can save the document as a text file and export it, import other text files and have it read it. It's just very versatile app. And I, it's, it's a very expensive app. I will say that. And that's the unfortunate part of it. But if you can afford it, um, it's definitely one you should have in your, on your device. Absolutely. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to go ahead and mention the next app on my list because it's one that we both have done videos on recently. I talked about it on the podcast last week, and it's called Seeing AI. It's Microsoft's, I don't know, shot at accessibility or something here. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people are like, oh, it's the KNFB reader killer. And <laughs> it's not, clearly, and we both agree on that. Now, there's two, I think, big distinct differences that you even talked about in your video, uh, one of which, obviously, is is the cost. The KNFB reader is $100, 99.99. Mm-hmm. And I assume it's that way across platforms. It's 100 bucks everywhere. Yes. Yeah. It does go on sale every now and then, but yeah, that's the normal price. It recently went on sale and I wish I'd picked it up because it went down to like $19 and I was like, "Well, oh, I, I don't need this and then I didn't and it went back up. But oh well, <laughs> you live and learn. <laughs> point point being, if you see something going on sale, you should get it. Um, but seeing AI totally free totally free and I go I don't know if they're going to keep it that way or not but it is right now. The other big difference is uh, seeing AI needs an internet connection KNFB Reader does not and so mm-hmm. I think I I don't know about you Sam but that seems like a deal breaker to me honestly um, because if you're out somewhere and maybe the connection's bad or you're watching your data usage or whatever and you really need to get that read you're out of luck if you have seeing AI. And so that could be a deal breaker for somebody. I mean, would would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Especially if you're in a situation like myself where I have an Android phone and I should mention that seeing AI is not available mm, for yes. Android yet. That's right. Um, hopefully it's very soon in the future. Got my fingers crossed. But I have it on my iPad. And so if I'm out and about and I'm not connected to a local Wi-Fi, then I'm done. I can't use it. Yeah. Uh, I will say there is um, the short text reading feature does seem to work with um, without Internet. Mm-hmm. I don't know what makes that different than the document reading um, feature. Mm-hmm. But still, you know, it, 
a lot of the features require internet, and if you're not connected, you're just out of luck. Absolutely. So it's it's one of those things. Now I will say this: uh, my daughter, my, my son and daughter just started school yesterday. Yes, uh, this is being Lucky. recorded at the end. Of- <laughs> It's being recorded at the end of July, and they just started. Uh, we're on a balanced schedule. So um, they just started school, and my daughter had a couple of take-home papers that weren't homework. They were just like, hey, here's what's going to happen. And I used Seeing AI, and it it did nail it. It got all the text, and it worked around images on the page. It really did a great job. So I think it's a good app, and it's worth having, especially since it's free. And you have, if you have an yeah. iOS device, iPad, iPhone, or otherwise, go ahead and get it. Uh, but, you know, com- comparing the two, I don't think there's necessarily a comparison knfb reader does what they do and they do it really well so um you know if you have the money it's probably worth it to get the knfb reader the next app is one that a lot of people talk about it's called tap tap c uh i've actually not used this app so i'll defer over to sam who's you've done a review on this app is that correct I did. Yes, this one is available for both iOS and Android. Um, and basically, it's a subscription service. I, well, I believe it's a subscription service, if I remember correctly, where you take a picture and the device will tell you what you're taking a picture of. And it could be anything. Uh, I tested taking a picture of money, taking a picture of a book, and it would tell me a book and it would read the title. Um taking a picture of, uh, I mean, really it could be anything. And I think, like I said, I think it's a monthly subscription. You have to pay for this app. Um, they do give you a free trial, uh, download. So you can, I think it's like 10 or 12 scans for free, something like that. But, uh, it's still pretty, pretty interesting app. Now, is this the same thing as that scene beta that, that seeing AI has right now? This one is more, uh, it will identify objects. Mm, Um, and I'm not sure if there's a human on the other side of the, uh, camera (laughs) telling you what it is. Uh, I'm not sure how it works. I think it's magic actually, It's magic. but, um, (laughs) uh, there is an app I think we're going to talk about next that does have a human helping you out. That was the Be My Eyes. Oh, that's right. Be My Eyes. Yeah. So Be My Eyes is one that takes uh, that idea of object recognition and amps it up because basically what happens is if you need help with something, you contact a live person. They can then see what you're seeing through your uh, camera and then they can tell you, oh, this says this or it's that or whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. Have you used this and tried it out with a live person? I have. And it's a little weird because uh, it is an actual person <laughs> that you're talking to. Yeah. But um, it's it's great for people who might be totally blind that, you know, little situations that happen all the time. You drop your keys and mm-hmm. you or you um, drop something on the floor and you have no idea where it is. So you can just bring up the the app uh, The it connects to a human somewhere in the world and you just point the camera down at the ground and kind of sweep it around and they say, oh, it's to the left of you uh, about three feet away. Uh, what's nice about the app is you can choose when you download the app, you can choose to be a viewer. Some You can choose to be one of the people that gets connected to. So uh, sighted people can download this app and help out uh, the mm-hmm. visually impaired community. Yeah, so if you're a sighted supporter listening to this and you're like, oh, I'd like to help people, you can sign up for it. Uh, Again, it's called Be My Eyes, just like it sounds, and you can sign up to help visually impaired people across the world. And so (laughs) I I agree with you, though. I haven't used it because I'm I'm still freaked out a little bit about it, like having somebody, because these aren't like trained, you know, like there's a new system called (laughs) called like Ira, which has trained people that help you walk through things. But this Mm -hmm. is just like Joe in his living room who's 
who's like, yeah. hey, what's going on? Yeah, I can see your whole house. You know, <laughs> that kind of freaks me out just a little bit. I'll, so. I'll be over at nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's, I'm not sure about it. So anyway, be my eyes. It is, I mean, I have heard other people use it and say they really enjoy it. So yeah, I guess it depends on what you want to do. The next app, and I just mentioned this kind of briefly, it's called ActiveView, A-C-T-I-V-I-E-W. And it's an app, I think it's only iOS at this point. And basically the hope is that it will house uh, audio description tracks for movies so that when you go to the movie theater, you can bring this up your phone will listen, and then it'll play the audio description over your ears. It's it's kind of like replacing that uh, device they have in the movies right now. Although the device is great if you you know if it works well, uh, mm-hmm. but that way you can have it there. You can have it at home, which I think would be great. It's in the first stages. It only has uh, Cars Three on it right now. I've not seen Cars Three nor tried it out. But if you're interested, ActiveView. Uh, I will say this, and Sam and I were talking before the Disney Movies Anywhere app also has functionality like this for their Pixar movies. Things like Toy Story, Ratatouille, Cars, stuff like that. So if you have those movies and you're a Disney fan, make sure to get the Disney Movies Anywhere app because that'll give you the same functionality. The next one is called Vision Connect, and it's by the, I think, AFB, the American Foundation for the Blind. And basically, this this app helps you find resources in your area. So what you do is you go into the app. Obviously, it works really well with voiceover and such. And it will help you. I need resources for career. And they have one called Career Connect as well, but they're a resource for adults, for kids, stuff like that. So if you just lost your site recently and you need a little help and assistance in a certain area, the Vision Connect app will help you find those resources locally in your area. So check that one out uh, for sure. Uh, the next one is Bard. Now, this is B-A-R-D. This is for books. Now, Sam, I'll let you chat about this one because you're familiar with the Bard. Uh, what basically is this whole idea of Bard? Yes, I love I love the Bard. Uh, it stands for Braille and Audio Reading Device, and it is uh, the Talking Books Library, which is available in, I'm pretty sure, every single state. Um, is uh, It's their mobile app. They, they're the ones that will send out a cassette player and then you can request books to be sent uh, audio books to be sent through mail and little cassettes they're digital cassettes now they used to be actually actually tapes but well this is their mobile app and it's available for ios as well as android and maybe other platforms um and as long as you have an account all you do is you sign on you can browse the bard website and over ten thousand titles uh audiobooks braille um they have sheet music and i'm not sure how that works but <laughs> you can get sheet music <laughs> and uh and magazines as well that you can download as many as you want and it downloads right to your phone or uh or your ipad or whatever and then the audio player is built right into the app you can just load the the book right into the audio player start listening um i i use it when i'm sitting on the bus riding back and forth to work if i go for a walk i'll even have my headphones in while i'm unloading the dishwasher and sit there and listen to a book i i love it and it works really really well works great with voiceover and talkback 
awesome. And I know you did a video on that not too terribly long ago. So mm-hmm. I'll link that in the show notes as well. And as Sam mentioned, you have to have an account. And this is with the, I think, Library of Congress or something yes. of that nature. Yes. And so I think you have to search that within your state, probably. Maybe there's a national one. But if you just search for the Library of Congress and then search something like uh, blind, and I'll find a link to it and put it in the show notes. So yeah. <laughs> I'll make it easy for you guys. I'll do all the searching. Um, so that's the BARD, which I understand what it stands for. But when I heard that, I was like, that's the weirdest. Is this something like sci-fi? The BARD. It's coming you know, like out of a ship. I don't know what it is. <laughs> that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, so the next one is called Digit Eyes. Now, this one is a barcode scanner. This is iOS only, and it's a barcode scanner, which is, you know, pretty common. I mean, seeing AI does stuff like that, you know, scanning the barcode gives you information. But it does more than just that. And so Sam was telling me about it. Basically, it'll not only give you the product, but it'll give you, like, cooking information. And you can also um, you make kind of your own barcodes. So how does this work, Sam? How does this this you know, making your own barcodes kind of thing work. Yeah, there's uh there's, you have to go to the website um, and you can print off a sheet of barcodes that you would just print onto uh, a, a sheet of adhesive labels. And then you can scan that barcode on those, those stickers and record your own message. So, and then put those barcodes, stick them to whatever you want to. So say you have, uh, the example I was giving you earlier is I have a friend who she's totally blind and she loves shoes. So when she buys a pair of shoes, she puts it in a nice uh, little shoe, plastic shoe box, and then she will record a message for a barcode and she'll stick that on the shoe box. So when she scans it in the future, it'll say blue high heel shoes or, you know, or, or gym sneakers, green, uh, I don't know, something like that. <laughs> and then she knows exactly which shoes they are. So there's a lot of, I see another great possibility would be putting barcodes on your prescriptions. Mm. You know, if you have six, if you take eight prescriptions in a day and they're all shaped the same, the bottles, you have no idea which ones they are or when you're supposed to take them or how many. Well, you could just record personalized message messages for each prescription bottle. That's a great use case for it, for sure. Now, is this, mm-hmm. is this digit, D-I-G-I-T? Digit hyphen E-Y-E-S. Okay. Digit eyes. I, I want to make sure I spell it right, especially right. in the show notes. But yeah, digit eyes. And that sounds awesome. So if you've got an iOS device, definitely worth looking into and great use cases for it. The next one is called Blind Square. And Blind Square is a GPS app for visually impaired people. It helps you get around walking, things of that nature. This is iOS only as well. Um, there is, uh, we found sort of an Android equivalent with some weird name. I think it's called Get There GPS Nav yeah. for... Was it Nav for Blind? Nav for Nav for Blind, not not Nav for the Blind, just right. Nav for Blind. Nav for Blind. That's what, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, but Blind Square is pretty popular. A lot of people use this app. So, if you're looking for something to help you get around, uh, you know, when you're walking, to help you guide you with GPS, I think like you know, maps, Google Maps, things like that will give you walking directions. But Blind Square is specifically built for visually impaired people, so the app's going to work much better and give you more consistent feedback. Yeah, and I think it's door-to-door even also. I think that's the way the app works. Awesome. So check it out. It's called Blind Square. And finally, just as uh, one that Sam mentioned, it's called Big Keyboard. And Sam, you downloaded this for your iPad. Is that right? Can you tell us a little bit I about did, it? I did, yeah. And it's uh, I think it was $1.99, uh, so not too bad. And it will change the 
stock iOS keyboard, which has very low contrast. It's difficult to see sometimes with low vision. Um, it will turn that into a much larger, higher contrast keyboard. I think they have maybe four themes. Uh, there's like a black and white high contrast, a yellow and black high contrast, uh, and then some others. But um, works pretty well. I, I did notice, though, that there's no dictation key uh, microphone key on the keyboard. Mm. And I'm a little confused about that. Um, so that was a little bit of a deal breaker for me. Uh, I use that all the time. If I'm not using voiceover, uh, I, I use it all the time. So, uh, you know, I don't know, but it's, it's, it's definitely worth m- mentioning here. That is a good point. I use dictation constantly. I hardly yeah. ever type anything unless it's going to be a quick, like, yes, no, something like that. I just dictate it all. And so that that would be a deal breaker for me. So it's good to know those kinds of things before you drop $2. Even though $2 isn't a ton, I mean, it's important to know those kinds of things. That's one mm-hmm. side note. I really wish that um, app developers and, and iOS and Android and such would give us a little more information at times because it's like, I just dropped $2 on this and I'm not going to use it or whatever. Now, I guess I guess that's just the risk you take, but that's just my well, you know personal thing. And I, I did realize, I did find out in research um, when I saw it, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to get it. I did research, and you can get refunds um, through iOS. Uh, the process is a little more complicated than it is with Android. Android, you get 30 minutes to get your money back oh. um, after you've downloaded an app, but you can also get a full money back refund through the App Store. I I have gotten uh, a money back refund one time. I used I downloaded an app. It was like five dollars. It was like a note taking app, and it was horrible for voiceover. Like it was not laid out well at all. And I'm like, mm. I can't use this. And so I contacted them and said, Hey, I dropped the blind card. I'm like, I'm blind. I can't use this app. <laughs> Give me the money <laughs> in a much you know nicer way. And they did. They were very kind and they refunded my money and that sort of thing. That's kind of the list that we have for specific visually impaired apps. Now I'm sure like and everything when you make a list you'll probably forget one or two uh, but those are kind of just a lot of the basic ones that we have seen out there and as you notice there's a lot of them and so i just encourage you if you have an ios device if you have an android go out and check some of these apps out especially the free ones like seeing ai and others because if it helps you out at all it's worth having. Um, just recently, like I said, I used it with my daughter's uh, paperwork. I used it for something in the pantry that I was trying to find, and it's just helpful. So if if I always say, if you have something and it's going to help you, then use it. So that's uh, that's definitely something to have. Now, also uh, today, we wanted to talk about some apps that are more general, that are not necessarily for visually impaired people, but work really well. I know at least with voiceover, maybe with talkback and things like that. So I'm just going to give you a list of things and Sam, if there's ones that I miss or anything like that, uh, we can talk about that as we go along. So the, right. the first one that I use constantly is Evernote. And I use Evernote on my Mac, on my phone, on my iPad. It's a great app. And if you don't know what Evernote is, it's simplified. It's a note-taking app, but it's so much more than just that. It's not like notes on iOS. I mean, you can make notes and lists and tags and notebooks, and it's just such a great thing. Right now, I'm implementing what's called the Getting Things Done system in my life. It's a book by David Allen, and Evernote's been so helpful with that. And it's so accessible 
on iPhones and uh, iPads and things like that. So Evernote's a great app. Obviously, I believe it's on Android as well. The next one I use is for podcasts. I listen to a ton of podcasts, and I use an app called Overcast. Overcast is an iOS-only app, but it's great, and it's laid out really well for voiceover. Uh, The only thing it doesn't read is like this one random part. It's like a description at the top of the podcast. Anyway, it reads everything else really, really well. It nails it, and I have contacted the developer, so hopefully in the future, uh, they do make changes pretty frequently, so you know that'll get updated, but it's laid out really well. Now, Overcast, again, is iOS only, so for podcasts on Android, what's sort of the go-to thing there, Sam? What would you listen to podcasts on? Well, the uh, probably the most popular one is Stitcher. Uh, mm. Stitcher is a great app for listening to podcasts. Um, but one thing you'll find, especially with Android, and I'm sure iOS is the same, there are probably hundreds of <laughs> apps that will uh, perform the same function. So podcast um, players, uh, I, I listen to, I use a different one on mine. Stitcher, I have had that on my on mine before. My wife loves it and it's pretty accessible with TalkBack. Well, that's good. And I know if you're listening to this podcast on the website or uh, maybe you have an iPad but an Android phone, uh, you can get this podcast on Stitcher. So that's good to know. Um, but there are, like Sam said, there are a ton of podcast catchers, as we call them. Catchers. And yeah. that, that probably just get their information from iTunes uh, or Apple Podcasts, as I call it now. And so if you have one of those apps, I mean, I think there's quite a few on there. If you type in the word cast, you're probably going to find a bunch of them on you know, <laughs> Google Play and such. Um, uh, but yeah, there's different ones out there. Uh, the other one, next ones is like category of like social media. And some of these social media apps work well. Some of them do not. Uh, I know for me, Facebook has always worked really, really well. And they seem to take accessibility pretty seriously. I know at least on iOS, they always are trying to update and make things work even better. For example, they're trying to make their images uh, more accessible and describe it. Now, it's not perfect by any means. It's like uh, image contains sunset and people. It's like, okay, you know, try to give you a <laughs> yeah. general thing. But at least they're trying, which I think is important and i know like when i'm going through my feed it'll go to a post it'll read who it's from you know when they posted it and things like that and then i on voiceover i can swipe up and down and get more features like i can like it i can comment and things like that so uh facebook obviously is on android as well is it a pretty accessible app over there as well uh, uh it, it 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 is to a to a certain extent um and then <clears throat> youtube is is very similar with this talkback the very latest versions of TalkBack, and TalkBack was one of my apps on my list because it is actually, uh, in, in a lot of Android devices, it is a an, a, a third-party app. Oh, gotcha. uh, it's not built in. You have to download it sometimes. Um, so that was my one of my accessibility apps for the visually impaired that I recommended. But sometimes it will read everything. Sometimes it won't read a post or a comment. That's what it usually is. I'll uh, Especially in YouTube, I'll go through my comments of my my video and it won't read a person's comment. I'll have to go in there and maybe tap on it and then tap off something else on something else and then swipe a couple times and then it will read it. Mm. So it's it's kind of hit or miss. Uh, I've iOS. I much I much prefer looking at those things on my iPad using voiceover. Yeah, it's it's like I said, they take it seriously, at least on the iOS side. Um, mm. Twitter is another one of those apps that it's pretty good. It reads it. I'd like to see a couple of things improved about it. But overall, it's very accessible. You can read tweets. Um, sometimes it's weird because 
does you know hashtagging and it reads the hashtags pretty well it can decipher the different words but you know um like when i type in something like if i type in life after sight loss and hashtag it it reads it like um life after sightless i think it's it says <laughs> and clearly it has an o in there but it's you know it tries to get it and then the at things and so forth so it does a pretty good job of co- it could be improved but one of the apps i will say that needs to be improved on ios is like instagram now i know it's a graphic intense application and software and platform but it's not a great accessible app. It's not very accessible. So, does uh, have you used uh, Instagram on Android at all, Sam? I have used it, but not with um, TalkBack. So I can't really speak to that. Um, I'm not much of an Instagrammer, so <laughs> I don't use it very often in general. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I have an Instagram, and I'll post occasionally. But you know, it, which is interesting because it's owned by Facebook, so I would assume it would you know be a little more accessible. But I figured they're you know they're probably like, well, that's pictures. Blind people won't be on here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I get the same thing when I tell people I make YouTube videos. They're like, what are they, what uh, blind people, YouTube? Is it, is it just a black screen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get a lot of that. So uh, next I have a couple of apps like uh, you mentioned YouTube, of course, and mm-hmm. it's it's very accessible on iOS. And then Netflix. Netflix takes accessibility pretty seriously uh, yeah. through their programming and as well as their app. It's very accessible on iOS. Is it uh, accessible on Android as well, Sam? It is. It is. And I, I just actually, um, for my uh, the newsletter at my office, I just wrote up an article teaching people how to turn on or enable and disable the audio descriptions on the Netflix mobile app. Hmm. Uh, a lot of people were confused about how that works, and it's actually really easy. Uh, it's in the closed caption section at the bottom of the viewer. Um, so yeah, like you said, they are, they're taking it very seriously, accessibility, and I really commend them for that. Yes, I really appreciate that. looks like Amazon's starting to jump on that bandwagon. I think Hulu will be next in line. Almost nowadays, you can't not take it seriously or else you'll get mm-hmm. sued. So <laughs> you got to take it seriously. Um, and the other one kind of entertainment is something called Overdrive. And we talked about the Bard, which is specifically for blind and visually impaired people. Overdrive is an app that you can get and connect it to your local library so that you can get ebooks and audiobooks. And I use this very consistently. It's, it's a pretty accessible app. Uh, there's probably a couple of quirks here and there, but it's really accessible. The player's very accessible. It's, it's a really good one. So check it out. It's called Overdrive. Um, finally, just a couple of like throw in their apps. Um, one of them is called Flipboard, and I think it's got an Android equivalent. And yeah, basically, yeah. you can read news, and it's uh, kind of a catcher for blogs and things like that. And it works; it's pretty accessible. Um, and then finally, the one that I think a lot of people think about is Uber. And Uber is—I just threw this on the list at one point—and Uber is a very accessible app. I think they try to take accessibility seriously, uh, whether it's on the app or, you know, with service dogs in their cars and things of that nature. So Uber's gotten a lot of flack here in the last couple of months for, oh, just different things with their corporation and I think their CEO is stepping down and so forth. But the app itself, very accessible. I use it, call the car. It'll actually work with Siri. So you can be like, Siri, I need a ride, you know, and it'll call it. Um, have you used Uber at all? Uh, is It's not available in your area, is it? 
Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't used Uber. Um, I use Lyft. Lyft. Uh, I use okay. that often, and the app is very accessible as well. Even with uh, just low vision, it's a very um, it's not cluttered graphically, so it's easy for me. All the headers and things are really big and easy to see. And I believe uh, you know they the Rock has that commercial out right now for Siri, and he calls a Lyft. He calls a so, Lyft. That's right. Yeah. So so it must be accessible with Siri as well. Yes. There you go. So Uber and Lyft. Lyft is L Y F T if you're interested in that. Um, check and see if they're available in your area. If so, it's a great way to get out and, uh, you know, go grab a slice of pizza or something like that. That's just a few general apps I wanted to mention because sometimes we're like, you can only use blind apps. And it's like, that's not true. There's <laughs> so many good apps out there. Uh, finally, I just kind of wanted to talk about some iOS-specific apps and maybe their Android equivalent or vice versa. Now, the ones that I use on iOS are a lot of the built-in apps. And the reason for that is because voice over is built into iOS, so it's going to work the best with their built-in apps. I mean, that just makes sense. So some of them, things like mail, messages, reminders, news, Apple Music, those kinds of things are going to work really, really well with voiceover. So if you have an iPhone, give Apple Mail a shot. I know there's other ones out there. I think Gmail has their own app and things of that nature. Even there's, you know, there's all kinds of third-party apps that you could use. But if you can get used to the environment of iOS, then, you know, it's a great option. Now, Sam, what about you? Let's look at a couple of these. As far as like checking your mail, do you have like a built-in one on Android or do you use a third-party one? I actually prefer uh, just the Gmail. I mean, which is which technically would be the built-in email client for Android, uh, and it, the Gmail works really, really well with TalkBack. Uh, and if you're if you don't use TalkBack, you have low vision and you prefer magnification. You can pinch to zoom uh, on the email and make the text really, really big if you want to. So that's an option as well. Yeah. And and what about like text messages? Because I I had an Android phone for a while a few years ago, and there seemed to be a plethora of text messaging apps. Uh, what about you? Is there one specifically that you use on a regular basis? Yeah, I. there are. There's a ton of, of apps for everything. That's, that's one of the things. And then I should also mention a lot of times if you find an app that you really like and it costs a lot of money, search for the same thing. Chances are you're going to find a free version that might work just as well. Uh, but the text messaging app that I use, it's called Yada. It's Y-A-A-T-A. And I've got a, a video about this. It's It has become my favorite text messaging app just because it's very customizable. Uh, I don't use TalkBack 100% of the time. I only click it on if I need to read something that I can't read visually or with my magnifier. And so with Yada, I'm able to customize everything. I can change the size of the font, the color, the type of font. I can change the color of the bubble, the shape of the bubble. I can change the background so that there's a a high contrast between the bubble and the background. I can set a picture as the background if I want. I can change just about everything. But the one aspect of it that I love is that if I click on the text message, a little window pops up with some commands, and one of the commands is a speak command. Mm-hmm. And if I click on it, it will read the text message to me. Very nice. So, yeah, so I don't have to 
turn on talkback. Um, I can just really quickly click it, click it again, and it reads it to me. I use that all the time, and I yeah, I love it. I've got a video showing that as well. Awesome. So, uh, like I said, those are some iOS-specific, and Android probably has an equivalent. I think there's an Android Apple Music app, as a matter of fact, um, if I was reading correctly. But the Apple Music I really enjoy, and that's probably a, do you like Apple Music, Spotify, whatever the case is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, using those apps. So, Overall, here is what I think I want to get across in this episode. First of all, you heard of the plethora of ones for visually impaired people, and we probably missed a few even. There's a bunch. Then there's a bunch of other sort of general apps that are working to be very accessible on different platforms, whether it's iOS, whether it's Android. Um, The thing about Android is, as Sam mentioned, a lot of times it's a little more customizable, but it just depends on what you like. So whether you have iOS, whether you have Android, there are lots of apps to be used for lots of different functions, whether it's checking mail, messages, uh, playing games having fun, whatever it is, there's so many things. We didn't even mention things like blindfold games, which are built for (laughs) uh, visually impaired people. I mean, there's lots of different apps out there for you. And the reason I bring this up today is because so many times we think, oh, it's terrible when I lose my sight, I'm not connected to the world. But if there is a good time to be blind, it is right now. Now, I'm not saying there's ever a good time to be blind, but even 10 years ago, the, these kinds of apps, maybe they were coming along, but they weren't quite there, and now they're working so well, accessibility is being taken seriously by corporations and companies, and there's so much to it. So, Sam, I'll just kind of throw over a, a last kind of question to you here. Obviously, you've been blind for years, and mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you have probably seen a lot in your time. Can you kind of give us a comparison of what it's like with all these apps and different technology to what it was like, you know, I don't know, 10, 20 years ago uh, when somebody would lose their sight? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I 20 years ago, um, I remember it clearly because I just moved into the the town that I live in now. And uh, I had a uh, around that same time I got my first cell phone, which was that little Nokia uh, Mm -hmm. that everybody had, the little candy bar phone. Yep. You could you could play snake on it. <laughs> that was about the, that was about the only game you really that really mattered you could play on it. Um, it was just a gray screen and it only it was all text and no voice anything and that was it. That's all you had. Fast forward to now, I have the world at my fingertips and I can have it all spoken out aloud to me if I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or if I need to see something, I can use one of the hundreds of magnifier apps. <laughs> that are on both of these devices yeah. to zoom in and take a picture or, you know, change the contrast and all that. And, and I can see it clearly. And I would have been struggling 20, 10 years ago to do that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's great right now. Um, and it's only going to get better. That, uh, yeah. And that's the point. It only is going to go up from here. And you just mentioned that was one of the things we didn't really uncover was like magnification. There's a bunch mm-hmm. of apps for that. I know iOS has a magnifier built into their system and there's just, there's all kinds of things like that. We may have to do this again for like round two of the apps or whatever, because there's so much out there. And we're just talking about apps on your phone, not to mention 
all kinds of other great technology. Sam covers a lot of technology on his YouTube channel, and so I'm going to put links to everything for Sam once again in the show notes. You can go check him out, watch his uh, YouTube videos, ask him your Android questions because he'll have uh, every answer you'll ever need. I guarantee it. And if if he doesn't, then it's all his fault. And so- <laughs> <laughs> if, if I don't, I can find it out for you. <laughs> That's right. Sam will search it out for you. So, Sam, thank you so much for being part of today's podcast and sharing all these apps with uh, with the audience. You're very welcome. It was my pleasure. And yeah, just to echo what you'd said, I have a whole playlist on my channel titled My Phone, and it's all the apps I've ever used on my phone that I love and recommend. All the ones we've spoken about today that are specifically for Android, plus a bunch that I didn't mention today. There's a ton of different uh, launchers you can get for the visually impaired that will make your phone easier to use. So check out the playlist, The Blind Spot on YouTube. Awesome. I'm going to put a link in the show notes for that playlist so you can go check it out and all the phones. So thanks, Sam, for being part of the podcast today. And there you go, my friends. I hope that you enjoyed hearing that conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. Sam is wise beyond his years, and he provides all kinds of great information. So I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. It was a great time. So Sam, if you're listening, thanks for being on the podcast. Hey, don't forget that if you want any of the links to all the apps I mentioned in today's episode, hop on over to lifeaftersightloss.com slash 022. That'll give you all the links. You can click on them. from. If you click on them from your phone, it's going to take you right to your respective app store so you can download them and go for it because these apps are really going to be beneficial to you and helpful to you in your everyday life. So go over to the show notes, lifeaftersightloss.com slash 022. And while you're surfing over to the website, just go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash contact and you can get in touch with me, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, email, all that good stuff. If you got questions, if you need answers, hit me up, lifeaftersightloss.com slash contact. And finally, guys, don't forget that if you have enjoyed the podcast, if you're enjoying what I'm doing here on the podcast, the YouTube channel, the blogs, the website, if you're enjoying it, I would love for you to consider donating to my Patreon page. Become a patron. Hop on over to lifeaftersightloss.com slash support, and you can donate as little as a dollar a month to keep this whole thing going to help other people around the world discover life after sight loss. So hop on over to lifeaftersightloss.com slash support and consider donating today. And that's going to wrap it up for me this week. I'm sure there's lots of other things I could mention, but you know what? I'm going to let you go because it's a little bit longer of an episode, so thanks for sticking around all the way to the end. I sincerely appreciate it. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode and you learned a whole lot. Hey, don't forget that all the information on Life After Sight Loss Radio and LifeAfterSightLoss.com is intended for informational and educational purposes only. If you're in need of professional, medical, or legal advice, please seek out a specialist in your area. And as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, remember that sight loss isn't the end. It's just the beginning. My name is Derek Daniel from lifeaftersightloss.com, and I'll see you in the next one.